y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we are going to hang out together, and I'm going to remind you through connecting you to people and resources that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 335, I am welcoming back my friend, Nancy Houston. You know, I love this idea that health is always found in the middle. We get, we're so polarized nowadays, aren't we? Politically, culturally, socially, things are either right or wrong, good or bad. They're smart or stupid. And I'm like, you know what? Health is not found in those places. Health is being able to hold the middle where we can have some grace for ourselves and one another. Mm. And we can have some quiet. Until I can stop judging myself so harshly, I'll never stop judging you harshly. And I think as long as we're judging ourselves harshly, like, oh, I've got to please him or forget it. I'm not going to please anybody. Mm. Like, forget it. I'm I'm done. It's like neither one of those places bring us to a place of health and well-being. Nancy has been on the show before, episode 206, when she talked about overcoming barriers to sexual intimacy. She is a licensed professional counselor and a certified sex therapist. Today, we're talking about this concept of self-differentiation, which is something I've learned more about in the last year as I've met every month with a group of people, including Nancy. Uh, it's called our life team. We meet once a month for an afternoon and in that time, as I've been processing my life with them, Nancy has presented this concept. And I thought, okay, Nancy, you've got to come on the show. We have to teach my listeners about self-differentiation and why it matters for their marriages, for their relationships with other people, and particularly when it comes to parenting. So you're going to learn that word. You're also going to learn a slew of other maybe new terms to you, but I promise All of this is only going to reinforce your faith journey, even if it feels different, particularly if you've never been to therapy or been a part of a counseling session. Some of these terms may be new to you, and that feels funny. They're very helpful in describing the way God wired you, the way he created relationships, and they're only going to reinforce that connection with him and with other people, which I am all about. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Nancy, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. It is so great to be here with you, Heather. Thank you for inviting me. Well, as you know, I have a book coming out. (laughs) So I am so excited about this book. I cannot wait to read it. Oh, it is only God. Okay, Uh, it is only God. But I am privileged to get to share some of my story in it. And one of the chapters is on marriage you know, the value of connection and intimacy. And you've come on and done a show on that for us. And there's also a part of the chapter where I share a story from Bruce and I in our premarital counseling. And the pastor asks, when we light the unity candle, do we want to blow out our individual candles or keep them lit? And it started a whole conversation for us. And we were naive. We didn't really know what we were answering, like the depth of it, but we chose to keep those individual candles lit. And to me, it just represented really how we set up our marriage going forward. And you have presented to me this concept 
of self-differentiation. And it was so, so, so helpful for me last Christmas as I went into a family situation and then even with my kids and with Bruce. And so I would love to share that concept with the gals listening because it fits with that part of that chapter and just huge. It's a, it's a big deal. This is a concept that honestly is both gut-wrenching because it's a gut-wrenching process to healthily self-differentiate mm-hmm. from our family of origin, sometimes our spouses, our children, institutions. Mm-hmm. So tell us, what does it mean? It's like, cause some yeah. people may be like, I've never heard that word. What are you talking I about? I know it, it, it is a way big word. <laughs> <laughs> so if we we're just to break it down, it's really learning the capacity to hold on to yourself. Even when you're around more powerful, what f- can feel like more powerful or influential institutions, relationships, people and you learn how to hold on to yourself like I like to talk about get inside your own hula hoop and hold on to you Mm. right like you are your own unique individual and I love that that's God's idea I mean he says it in so many different ways like there are no two fingerprints alike we are unique and we are not Scripturally, we're not even held responsible, like scripture teaches. The father's not responsible for the son's sin. The son's not responsible for the father's sin. And so from my lens, it's like you have the right to be your own unique human being, right? So let me say it maybe in a little more technical way, okay? Okay. Differentiation involves balancing two basic life forces, and these are big, the drive for individuality and the drive for togetherness, separate but connected. Is yeah. Because it's not this thing where you're like, I'm going to be my own person and no. screw the rest of you because that's not healthy either. That is not it at all. And I know sometimes, you know, I used to do a lot of work with like women who had had a lot of sexual trauma and they're married and they're like, well, I and have children. And they're like, well, if I could just like go to a hotel for a couple of weeks, couple months and just figure out myself. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Hmm. Learning how to become a healthy self happens while we are in connection and community. That's the only way we get to practice it. Yeah. It's like, how can I hold on to myself right now? And what am I thinking? And what am I feeling? And what do I want? And how do I want to show up? So it's learning to do it in a friendly way, not in a hostile way, like you just said, like, I've got to get away from you people for me to be okay. Yeah. That's what we actually call emotional cutoff. And that's no healthier than emotional enmeshment. Oh my gosh. Two big words right there. Yes. Okay. Emotional cutoff define that because I think that's what we're talking about. This is like the, where'd you go Bernadette? She just like takes off or, you know, there's stories of moms who just take off. We're like, how could she do that? And some women are like, I wish I could, you know, I'm I'm too, too attached, but the cut, it's not, it's not a healthy option. No, neither of those are healthy. So emotional cutoff. And, and sometimes we do those and want to do those in big ways and little ways. 
Like I, I will never forget a couple of years ago, my husband and I had a tiff in the kitchen and instead of staying engaged, I kind of regressed and probably was acting like, like a total adolescent. And so I kind of marched off and went into my bathroom Yeah, and I'm mumbling under my breath. Right. And I go into my bathroom and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, well, that was totally emotional cutoff and you're acting pretty adolescent. How about if you go back in and have an adult conversation with him hmm. and just hold on to yourself, not hmm. being anxious, not being fearful, but just having an adult conversation. Or maybe not acting from that fear because you might feel fear, right? Yes, right. But not like acting out from that fear, like not letting fear be the boss. Like you're saying, yeah, yeah I'm scared right now, but I'm going to put it in its place and have this adult conversation. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes we have to reframe our fr- fear and anxiety. Hmm. Like we can see all fear and anxiety as negative. Right. But right. what if part of growing ourselves up is leaning into our fear and anxiety and doing some of the hard things anyway? Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we've fragilized ourselves. Another big word. Another big word. Oh, I, I know, right? Like we see ourselves or our children or our spouse or others as fragile. Like we don't want to do anything that could that they, they just can't handle it. We can't right. handle it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's like, oh, I can't do that. So then you go to the bathroom. Yeah. So who, well, who says I mm. can't do that? past right. experiences or yes yeah or maybe like for me like my mother was very passive in her relationship with my dad hmm. and he was kind of like the boss and made the decisions about all things and she went along and so me even for her to ask dad to take out the garbage she could not ask directly So when I got married and learning to become more adult, which is a process, we don't, just because we're 25, 35, 45, doesn't mean we have a clue how to adult. Yeah. So it's like, wow, I want to do things differently. How do I just learn how to do this? So I had to practice and have a lot of grace for myself and realize that it was way easier for me to just get enmeshed or do the emotional cutoff rather than stay somewhere in the middle and learn how to be grown up. Okay. So let's talk about the enmeshment. This is huge. I I mean, everything you're saying, I wish I had this. I I wish I had this 20 years ago, this information, right? So emotional cutoff. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm not, you know, being present into the conversation and bringing my whole self. And then enmeshment is. Mm -hmm. And where I just melt into somebody else. I become you in some ways. I lose my own capacity to think and feel and assess my own presence and bring my own unique presence into the relationship. Like so many times I've said to couples and and even to myself, like one of you actually isn't necessary Mm. because the two of you have become one and usually with the more forceful personality you've become this person yeah it's it's like you know waking up in bed and go wow i'm married to myself wow because i've insisted this person become like me 
or they've insisted I become like them Mm. instead of celebrating our unique differences that drew us together in the first place. Wow. This is why couples get so bored. Mm. You know, marriage becomes totally boring. They lose their sexual passion. They've lost their own unique identities and, and no fault of their own, right? Like we have to have a lot of grace for ourselves and each other. We haven't had these things modeled in really healthy ways of how, yeah, how do I get married and hold on to myself? How do I have children and still stay a self? Okay, if you have been listening to the podcast since its beginning eight years ago, you know that I actually started a podcast because I didn't write a book. And here we are full circle 10 years later from when I first thought about writing a book. And my first book's coming out October 12th, 2021. And I would love if you could help me out. So one way to help out authors is to pre-order the book. So if you go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book, you're going to find all kinds of places where you can pre-order the book. And when you do, I want to thank you for doing it. So go and fill out the form right below where those different distributors are listed And you will get six weekly emails from me starting September 7th, all the way up to the launch of the book on October 12th. You'll get a weekly email. And in those emails will be a little pre-recorded pep talk that I did with my friend, Courtney Cleveland. She's the ultimate hype girl. And in each of those weeks, we're going to have encouragement. We are going to give you a behind the scenes look at the book. And just really, it's fun. It's a fun conversation. Here's a little clip from one of those weeks. I mean, but I think, again, it's like if we've done that work from the first couple chapters that I talked about, if we've done that work and our identity is coming in Christ and we're secure in who we are in him and our kids don't get to like dictate who we are, their happiness doesn't get to dictate who we are. Their approval of my choices don't get to dictate who I am. I am centered in the truth of who God says I am and anything else is bonus. Come on with that word. Anything else is bonus. That is good. Come on. That is good. Another goodie you are going to get is a free copy of the audiobook. You already listen to podcasts. You love to listen. So you can listen to the Don't Mom Alone book read by me. And that link will go out in those emails. Also, I'm going to give you a special invite. If you want to go the extra mile, it's not required to get the other freebies I just mentioned. But if you want to join our launch team over on Facebook, we're going to have a Facebook private launch team. And as part of that, uh, we're going to give some exclusive access, early access to the book. We're going to ask them to do reviews, to um, share on social media. And as part of that, they will have access to a girlfriend getaway giveaway where one of our launch team members and a friend will come to Dallas and get a little getaway. I know Nancy says we don't have to do that to self-differentiate, but is a good thing to get away. And so they'll come to Dallas, have dinner with me and a group of friends. All of that, if you go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book, pre-order, fill out the form, you'll get your first email to just say, yes, you're in. And then starting September 7th, you'll get weekly emails. All right, let's get back to my chat with Nancy. Here we go. This is the thing. I'm thinking like, what leads us to either enmeshing and becoming like the other person or being the dominant one and requiring, I know it's two different drives and maybe Mm. a variety of storylines, but 
if someone's totally. like, oh my gosh, maybe that's me either way. Yeah. Well, I, for me, Heather, I, I think um, I was probably raised to be more of a pleaser. So oh, overly caring too much about what people think, making others happy has sometimes almost felt like life and death for me. It's so primal. If you are rejected in any way, that's the yeah. death part. So you kind of become like who they want you to be yeah. for acceptance. Yeah, yeah. like I was, in, I was 45 and in graduate school when I'm learning this theory by Murray Bowen, who's the one who really started teaching and talking about if you want to have a healthy family, you've got to have a healthy self. If you want a healthy marriage, you've, you've got to bring a healthy self. And I loved his concepts, like of having boundaries, but not rigid boundaries. Hmm, tell me about that. Well, you know, in the last 20 years, we've learned a lot about boundaries, right? Like I'm having boundaries. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we can either become overly rigid or we have overly fluid boundaries and we can't find this middle ground. You know, I love this idea that health is always found in the middle. Yeah. It's neither one of these, we get, we're so polarized nowadays, aren't we? Politically, culturally, socially, things are either right or wrong, good yeah. or bad. They're smart or stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Health is not found in those places. Yeah. Health is being able to hold the middle where we can have some grace for ourselves and one another mm. and we can have some quiet. I am, until I can stop judging myself so harshly, I'll never stop judging you harshly. Yeah. And I think as long as we're judging ourselves harshly, like, oh, I've got to please him or forget it. I'm not going to please anybody. Mm. Like, forget it. I'm, I'm done. It's like neither one of those places bring us to a place of health and well-being. If we swing... If yes. you're like, okay, I can never please anyone, so I'm not going to even try. Yes. Like that, that swinging and reacting. Yes, so from reactive. Our child, yeah, from our childhood of origin or yeah. past relationships. It, or like we were saying with kids, like I loved your example of, oh, I just got to go to a hotel for two weeks in yeah. order to find myself. It's like, well, that's not hard. <laughs> To, no. to make space right. for yourself when no one is around. Yes. The hard work happens when you hold on to yourself in the presence of others. Exactly. Especially in the presence of difficult others. Yeah. So what are some steps? Like how do we, because I, I am resonating so much with everything you're saying. I have for a hundred percent, I have enmeshed with Bruce in our early marriage. I don't think it was until we started taking walks around our neighborhood and we were side by side and sharing ideas that I actually felt like an individual in our relationship. And he loved it. Mm. His reaction to me owning myself was just huge, huge game changer in our marriage. So I want that for other couples. I don't want them to have to wait like you, 45, me, 45. Like, let's, like, like, let's do this. So they're motivated. How do we move into this? Mm, I love that. Um, you know, I totally believe if I can lead myself well, I can lead others. Okay. Unfortunately, 
we can become so other focused. Mm. But honestly, I think we have to come back to our own interior world and find some quiet, right? Like the practice of contemplation and silence. Yeah. I love how, how scripture says it's in Christ we find out who we are mm. and what we're living for and realizing that your own unique personhood is so valuable and needed in this world. And so struggling, oh my, Heather, I had to struggle. Yeah. Right? Because I'd so identified myself with being a mom of four sons and being a wife and being a good Christian woman hmm. and being the mega serve my church, serve people, volunteer. I had to just struggle and agonize over Nancy, who are you? Outside of these things. Outside of these, kind of like the way, the, where I'd found my identity, who are you? And it was, I'm telling you, Heather, it, that's why I call it a gut-wrenching bloodbath <laughs> to start having healthy self-differentiation. It is not an easy process. So I don't want to just like, oh, you just do this. Oh, you just do this. I'm like, <laughs> three steps. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I wish it were that simple, mm. but but here's the thing. I think Jesus invites us to a life of change. Yeah, repentance means change. Yeah. So it's like okay, instead of thinking I okay, I'm going to do some change and then I'm going to get to my arrival place. It's like no, no, no. I'm going to enter into a life of growth and curiosity, and I think it begins with empathy. Okay. Yeah. I think if you want to become your own unique human being, it has to start with empathy. For yourself or for others or both? Towards self, first of all, because if you can't have empathy for yourself, you're not honestly going to have it for others. You're going to kind of fake it, but it's not going to be that genuine. So towards yourself, towards your circumstances and towards others, because hmm. we all have this critical judge in our head. And then for me, uh, my main saboteur is pleaser. Yeah. So my critical judge is start saying, well, why can't you do this better? Why can't you make others happy? And then I'm like, oh, I see you, pleaser. You want me to make everybody happy. Well, actually, so I just have empathy. That's impossible. Mm. You, you can't please everybody, Nancy. It's okay. You don't have to work so hard. That takes up a lot of your space, a lot of your energy. That's what you were taught to do, but you don't have to live by those old rules anymore. It's okay. And honestly, that has helped me. I really consider myself like a recovering pleaser. Hmm. And it's brought me so much joy. I'm so much more able to just stay present with myself yeah, and locate myself, but do it in a friendly way yeah, where it's not that like, well, I'm done with you. You know, yeah, because you know, there's been such a pushback with some of the self help yes. books that come out, or like Girl Wash Your Face, or but I think the concepts are this there's not rooted in what you've been talking about. Like, we find ourselves centered in Christ, we look at like yeah. who did He create for what purpose? Like, what is your time? Like, yes. you, 
Yeah. Even if this doesn't have ripple effects ministry or ripple effects, whatever, That's your right. children all end up in jail, whatever. I mean, it's not about any of that. Like, what did he, what is he communicating to you? Because I do think a lot of my, even my own journey to this point has been through my inner healing prayer stuff, like yeah. really yeah. removing some of my codependent relationships supernaturally. Yes. Where those voices were louder than God's voices. Yes. And well, it's been years. Heather, that's a beautiful example of enmeshment when yeah. other voices are louder than God's still quiet whispers to your heart. Mm-hmm. Who, he's the one who's so genuinely for you. He has no agendas with you. He's not yeah. trying to get you to be a certain way or do certain things. He just has a purity of love for you. Yeah. So you're right. When other people's voices or other institutional voices are louder and saying, this is how you do it, then it's like, no, who Mm -hmm. said you get to be louder in my head? Mm -hmm. No. Or for me, like not being driven by pleasing others has so quieted my life and allowed me to discover what I love and what I want and what I want to do with my life. It's such a gift. So empathy is number one. And empathy. then I think, yeah, honestly, please be more empathic towards yourself. All of yeah. us. Like self-compassion kind of? Oh, so self-compassion. I know that yeah. can sound so woohoo, but I'm telling you. It no, is I, I've, yeah, I think that's, if we want to be compassionate towards us, I mean, if maybe yeah. that's not the goal, the goal is the self-differentiation, but we can't, yeah. like you said, we can't. No, we can't. Until we start here. So. When that harsh judge is riding your tail all the time and self and criticizing you, my word, it's brutal. Then the second one is just become more open to exploring. Like, huh, I wonder what that was about for me. Hmm. I wonder how would I like to show up in this relationship? What, what would it look like for me to just bring my presence here and be calmer and be more adult, be less anxious and fearful? What would it be like if I, if I said to myself, hey, my kids weren't born to make me look good. They're their own unique individuals. How can I um, be at peace with that? 100%. I was thinking, let's help the mom who is struggling with yeah. this in mothering because you and I both get four boys, very hard to control. Oh, good <laughs> luck with that. Impossible. Because, th- well, then you become a Nazi. Oh, uh, it's lose- not fun. I don't enjoy and being that person. No, and you lose all your joy. And who of us haven't done that, Heather? Right. You know. You try it out. It's miserable. You hate being yeah. around yourself. And then you're like, okay, well. And then I, th- I think we- I do the swing thing. Yeah. Where I just completely disconnect and emotionally cut myself off. And that's not the answer either. So being present with my children yeah. and self-differentiating sets them up in their marriages for these boys, right? Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, because if we're overly controlling mothers, they're probably going to marry an over, they might marry. They might. <laughs> they might marry an overly controlling or somebody who's on the other side, like whatever, whatever. And mm-hmm. we don't want that for our children either. Right, right. So how do we do this? How do we show up? Yeah, So I think then another one is to start innovating, like find your yes. And Mm. we, we are infamous about finding our, (laughs) I hope this is okay to say, but we're, we're famous for finding our big butts. You know, we just like, (laughs) we, we, we butt our way through life instead of going, yes, this is difficult. And what are some possibilities here? 
Mm. Yes, I'm struggling with my marriage. And how could struggle really bring me some growth? Yes, this child is being difficult. And what is the gift in this? And when we can find our yes and we can start innovating, which just opens our brains, our hearts, our minds to all kinds of possibilities. Instead of when we get anxious and afraid and start inserting like, well, but I can't, but, you know, like I said, it just narrows our focus down to tunnel vision mm-hmm. and then we feel hopeless and helpless. Yeah. And shame enters. Anyone else have a kid who's not so interested in shopping for clothes, but then tells you that they don't have anything to wear, that's super particular about how things feel, but doesn't want to go try on lots of stuff? Oh, just me? Okay, out of my four kids, I have one that's very particular. And even today, yelled down, Mom, I don't have any clothes. And I was able to say to him, don't worry, your fix is coming today. And he's like, my fix. And I said, yes, Stitch Fix Kids is sending you a box of clothes and we can see what out of the box you want to keep. I had already told them in the profile that he wears a uniform to school. And so we needed a combination of athletic wear that he could wear after school and on the weekends and then a couple nice things for church. Well, we got the box. There were five tops, five bottoms and He quickly scanned it all and knew what he wanted to keep, but I kind of had him still try things on. And he ended up keeping an Under Armour t-shirt, two pairs of Under Armour shorts, like a long sleeve, thinner hooded shirt, a pair of Adidas track pants. And um, I had him keep the super, super soft sweater that I'm like, in the the winter, in the late fall, you're really going to want this. It's ridiculously soft. He didn't choose the more uncomfortable shorts that he calls uncomfortable, um, the more cotton twill pants shorts, and then like a more mock turtleneck sweater. He didn't like how that felt on his neck, and he didn't like one of the t-shirts that wasn't the Under Armour feel t-shirts. What's great is we kept six of the 10 items. The other four I slipped into the prepaid shipping bag that they sent with it. I can just drop that off at a post office. And my $20 styling fee goes to credit towards the pieces we're keeping. Now, if I'd kept all 10 items, I would get that credit of the $20 and I'd also get 25% off everything, which would make it $146, which if you average out to 10 items, that's $14.60 an item, which is pretty great. These were high quality pieces that I know um, the ones he chose, he he's going to love and he's going to wear a lot. They have sizes from 2T to 18, prices starting at $10. Stitch Fix Kids is the easiest shopping experience. We were done within 10 minutes. Um, if you want to go try out it out, go to stitchfix.com slash DMA. Make sure you go to DMA so they know you came from my podcast. And you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash DMA for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash DMA. Oh, god! If we don't have good self-differentiation, I'm guessing that we or I, if I don't, if I'm not entering into those situations, then I'm believing I'm not enough to yes. solve it. And I don't have enough to be innovative. And I'm shutting down the creative part of me totally and and then if i'm 
looking around at, well, what did she do in this situation? Yeah. What did she do? Yeah. I'm comparing, I'm feeling less than or copying. And that's not my child. That's not my story. Right. Right. Those are not innovating with the power of the Holy Spirit for this situation, this child. Totally, Heather. And jealousy is always just a flag saying, oh, I'm enmeshed. Wait, tell me that more. <laughs> tell well, me more about that. Tell me that more. That's a phrase. <laughs> tell right, me more about that. Right. Like, like you mentioned, if okay. I'm like, well, how did she do this? Mm. Then it's it's like we're probably just experiencing some jealousy, which just say says, oh, I've gotten a little enmeshed here. I'm I'm looking to others to tell me how to do things. Not that we can't learn from wisdom. Right. Good Lord, I love learning from other wise people. But even at the end of the day, I think I still need to say what feels right and true for me. Yeah. There's difference between being inspired and being jealous. Yes. So very, very different. And I've, I remember we were married, we lived in Chicago and we were really good friends with this couple. And she was a former like Miss America pageant person. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I felt like so far beyond anything I've ever experienced. I just learned from her. I was yeah. inspired by her, how she yeah. set her table, how she did her things. I just kept, I just taking it all in, taking notes. Yeah. But I wasn't jealous. Yeah. I was just really, yeah, really inspired. Yeah. But I have been jealous in other situations. And so I find that's really interesting. So if I find myself in that place, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm noticing what they're doing. I'm via a direct conversation or where a lot of it's happening on social media. Yes. Her home, her, her husband, her kids. Yes. Her yes. career, her perspective. Oh. We can oh. be jealous of, oh, how is she so sunny? And that's happening to her when I have a little bit easier life and I can't even be happy. Mm. So I'm oh. fine. If you find yourself jealous or comparing in that situation and that's enmeshment, what do you do with that? Yeah. Well, I think we start trying to lean more towards your own unique, healthy perspective Mm. and innovating with yourself. Find your yes and, you know, be empathic towards you and then explore like, well, but what do I think about this? What what are my values? What do I care about? What kind of mom do I want to be? What, what do I value in my marriage? What's the meaning you know, I'm a, I'm a sex therapist, so I always ask couples, it's like, well, what's the meaning you give to your sexuality? And that needs to be unique and different for every human and every person and every mom and, you know. I'm going to need more definition of that phrase. <laughs> what's the meaning you give to your sexuality? Tell me. Yeah. Well, tell me more about that. Oh, my gosh. Well, imagine if we really tuned in to like, I mean, I don't know if you want me to get explicit, but ah! <laughs> you're not alert. I know, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have to, but <laughs> I don't but, have to. You know, but, like when you just think about like God gave us all these erogenous zones. Hmm. He gave females a, a sexual part that has no other purpose except for pleasure. And yet we can become women can become averse to pleasure. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad. We're not tuning into our own delightful, marvelous bodies and all the joys of our bodies that God gave to us. 
Yeah. And so then our sexual life doesn't have much meaning. Hmm. It becomes a duty. Yeah. Yeah. A, a like job. I, yeah. Sure. I had a client last week just say, well, you know, and I'm like, oh, so you're basically servicing your husband and he's miserable because you're doing that hmm. because he gets pleasure from giving you pleasure. Yeah. Right. And so. Mm. And if there's trauma there, you can see someone like Nancy and work yeah. through that because that's getting curious about, well, why, why does this feel like a service? Why does this feel like a duty? Yeah. What's going and on there? What I've discovered is for some women, yes, there may be trauma for other women. They're just tired and overly busy and trying to keep up with everybody else. And so they've grown enmeshed and lost mm. themselves. Mm. So that's why I'm such an advocate of like, hey, find 10 minutes of quiet. Like when I had four little boys, I honestly, I like go hide in my closet and just like, mommy has to have time out, 10 minutes. <laughs> and just go have some time for quiet and contemplation. Yeah. Right. And no, just I'm, being I'm, still. I'm getting what you're saying. If yeah. we've done this work, if we've made the space to connect with God, who, who am I? separate yeah. from these children, from my friends, from all the people I'm trying to please, then I have the time and energy and space to be intimate with my spouse in a way that brings us both pleasure and connection. And it's like this right. ripple effect that I've had yeah. another friend come on and talk about. You talked about being a pleaser. Yeah. What are some of the other ways that like identities that show up that mm. rob us from self-differentiation? Oh my goodness. Um, like a hyper achiever, you know, I've just got to get so much done. Yes. And achievement's great, but when it's hype, been hypered, it's like if you extend your elbow too far, it hurts. So how and do we then, help that person? Right. And then there's a hyper rational, there's the avoider. Hyper rational. Yes. Yes. Okay. Talk about that. Overly in our minds, hmm. forgetting that. Yes, we have mar these marvelous minds, but we also have these marvelous bodies and we also have these marvelous souls where we have emotions and feelings, but maybe this person has come to believe the mind is the only thing you can trust, but wow. our minds can also lie to us. Yeah. And when we get hyper-rational or, or we become that stickler where we're just sticklers for details and everything's got to be, yes. And everything's got to be lined up and these kids better get it, get lined up and, you know, or, the, or then, you get paralyzed in decision-making because all the facts have to be all the resources yes. we have to figure it, sort it all out before. Yeah. Super deliberative. Awesome. Yes. And so these, these saboteurs, and then there's a restless where it's just like jumping from one thing to the next, never satisfied, never content. And so all these things keep us from able to being present with ourselves, being present in bed with your person, <laughs> yeah, right? Like you bring your personhood, your presence, yeah. you know, to another human with your children, being able to really look them in the eyes and say, mommy's just with you yeah. in this. I don't need you to be perfect oh. for me to be okay. Exactly. Right? One of the greatest gifts we can bring our children is just our presence. Yeah. And so these things keep us 
from being present with ourselves and others, Heather, and it's so detrimental. Is there a book that lists out all these saboteurs and like? Mm, Yes. Okay. Oh my goodness. I have been studying positive intelligence this year. And if you just Google positiveintelligence.com, you'll be introduced to this very precious man named Shazad, who has developed, I think he's taken work from the Enneagram, internal family systems, emotional intelligence, and positive intelligence, and developed ways we can practice quieting the judge and saboteurs. So we can be more present, less anxious, calmer human beings. And it is so beautiful. That's awesome. You were the one too. You told me about the parts of us. Yeah. Like concept. What was yes. that book that you recommended to me? Oh my goodness. That's work from internal family systems, but I, that's why I really like positive intelligence because it's borrowed marvelous things from others Yeah, and made it and, and given us practices. Cause here's the thing, Heather. Yeah. We can become people who are so focused on insight. Insight mm. is marvelous. I love insight. It, to cha- begin changing anything, we need insight, but it is only 20%. And then we have to have practices that lead us to practical ways to change. Yeah. So being coming aware, okay, I am that ha- hyper-rationalizer. I am that hyper-achiever. You, if you have that insight, but then you don't do anything about it. That's right. So he gives us practices like simple things where we can start calming, get out of our primal brain, which is very highly emotionally reactive. You know, we get our primal brains and that's where we go. Fine. I'm done with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, like most of my life. That's where oh, I am. Reactive well, brain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. We live in a reactive world. Yeah. And so he teaches us how to get into our sage mind which is calm and creative and innovative and can explore and pause and isn't reactive. It really helps us grow up. And I don't know, Heather, I just figure I'm going to be on in this growing up journey until I depart from this world. Like I've decided why limit myself? Why insist, you know, like the judge says, well, you should know this by now. Oh, right. And I've just started going, well, who says, who who says that I should being compassionate, empathetic with that. This is a journey and you are taking steps towards becoming more self-differentiated. That's right. Yeah. And if I'm 95 and still here, I hope I'm still in the middle of this process and going, I learned another way to grow myself up today. Isn't this just the most marvelous thing ever? You know, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's being more empathic. Like who says I should know this today? Hmm. Who says I should have done this better? Who yes. says this is, this is good or bad? Who knows? Maybe this is a huge gift to me. You mentioned he had these little simple things that get you from yeah. the primal brain to the sage. Are there a couple you could share before we end our time? Cause that oh someone my gosh. could maybe try. I would love to. Okay. okay. I'm just going to say these can feel silly and stupid, but they work. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to ask your listeners, like, just trust me here for a minute. Okay. Because, you know, we've heard a lot about meditation and 
Right. There's Eastern stuff. Yeah. People get yeah. really yeah. weirded out. And they can. And, and then we've tried to practice it and our minds are so busy. So I'm all about practical. Okay. So if you take one minute and just close your eyes and focus on your 10 beautiful toes and just wiggle your toes and find all 10 of your toes. And then put your hand on your stomach and feel your breath rise and fall and rise and fall. Notice the temperature of your breath going in and the temperature of your breath going out. And then take your thumb and your index finger and just feel the ridges, rub those two together and feel the ridges on your fingers. See, all this is helping you get into your body, quiets your mind. If your mind wanders, just bring it back and feel the ridges on your fingers. And then put your hands and your palms together and just feel all the feelings, lots of feelings in your palm of your hand. This is why we like to hold hands because your palms can be kind of like an erogenous zone and help you just get into your body, feel, feel all those feelings. And then last, hear the sounds furthest away from you and then hear the sound of your own breath. And in just a matter of a minute, you can go from being in your primal brain to being in your sage, wise mind and be calmer and better off to go be present in this world and with yourself and with others. Okay. I'm going to have to try it. Yeah. When I do it, Heather, literally, I feel my, my mind shift. That's and I so do interesting. It, yeah. And I do it with my leadership groups and we'll just spend a minute. We'll do this. And they're like, oh, I feel calm. <laughs> if a mom has like three little people. Yes. Four, two, and a newborn. Yes. Would she do this when they're just running around crazy or does it need to be like a calm place like nap time? Like I feel like if there's yeah. the reactive part of my brain was usually when everything is super chaotic yeah, and out of control that I would go into fight or flight or out of my zone. Yeah. But that doesn't feel like a good time to like rub my hands together. Like that feels like a that that is space, the, right? Like I tell people when you're in a, very stressful board meeting or like with your littles. Yes. Just, you know, calmly start wiggling your toes, locate your toes, rub your fingers together, feel your breath for a moment. Just notice the sounds around you. It just gets you back into your body. And it's great to do it when things are kind of wild and crazy. <laughs> okay. That's right? how we do it. We don't have to pull away nope. to the hotel room. Nope. Because it would be kind of like, well, I already feel calm in that space. Yeah. It's exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I feel like that's a really practical thing for moms to, I think they're struggling because they want to be so positively present, but they're overextending themselves to a place of enmeshment. And so yeah. I think that they've, that mothers have swung from maybe generations before that were less involved to be oh. overly involved. Amen. Yeah. Like growing up, I'm like, gosh, our parents weren't even connected or involved. <laughs> and we kind of raised ourselves and then we swing over and we're overly. So yes, Heather, isn't this 
how the human pattern goes too much mm-hmm. or too little instead of yeah. just right. Yeah. So this is super and that's, helpful. That's what healthy self-differentiation is all about is kind of finding that, oh, that middle just right place. Nancy, I'm so thankful for you. This was like gold mind after gold mind. I am honored to be your friend. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show today. Uh, Heather, I just love you. You are. I love how curious you are and you just love truth and you just keep seeking it. So thank you. It's such a joy for me to be with you. And I'm going to put links in the show notes to where they can connect with you. But if you want to say, do you have a website they could find? Yeah. Yeah. Nancyhouston.net is one way to find me. Yes. Okay. And things that you're currently doing, you're Mm -hmm. currently running some groups, some next level leadership groups. Yes. I'm doing leadership groups, which I love. I um, am starting to work on my next book. I'm, I'm kind of working on two, one about female, just being a healthy female and one on the sexually healthy church. Cause I think if, if we could get that right, I think we could get a whole lot of other stuff, That's right? Super <laughs> exciting. And we'll, yeah. I mean, we'll link to your, that episode where you came on the show before and in your book there, but thank yeah. you so much for joining You're us. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. My joy. You too. I know that's a lot. Emotional cutoff, enmeshment, self-differentiation, fragility. I mean, lots of new terms. And I kind of referenced a couple different episodes of other people. My friend Francie Winslow, she's another great resource if you are wanting to work on uh, sex in your life, marriage and sex. Uh, She came on the show, The Ripple Effects of a Healthy Sexual Connection. That's the one I was referencing my pastor's wife, Vila, she came on the show to talk about your hula hoop, which is a lot of what Nancy was talking about with this self-differentiation. And so check those resources out if you want to learn more. Feel free to dialogue with me if you're curious. And I can ask you, Nancy, because obviously I'm not the expert here on this. I am still learning, um, but I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us to bring all of who God made us to be in the places where he's put us. And to allow him to be the one who lets us know where we are and who we are in him. So, Lord, I thank you that you have not wasted anything when you made us, where you placed us, the families we've been put in, the marriages, the kids you've given us to steward. And I pray, Lord, that we would remember You are God and sovereign and that we would find ourselves centered in the truth of that, that we would um, really connect with the body you gave us, our soul, our mind that you gave us, that we could, um, we have the gift of being intelligent beings who can connect with the wisdom, the sage brain that you've given us in moments that feel chaotic with children running around, I pray that we would feel those toes that you've given us and the unique grooves of each person, the fingerprints that show our individuality from anyone else. And I pray that um, we would believe our worth and value and not get so um, lost in different roles and different titles, but no matter what our label is, that our value comes from you. 
I thank you for the work that Nancy's doing to bring connection in marriages um, and intimacy and also just amongst the body of believers that we can be whole people united as a church body for your good. Um, And so that when Jesus returns, he finds his beautiful bride, the church, ready to receive him. Uh, I thank you for every mom and dad listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for being here. I'm excited. Um, Next week, we have my good friend Sally Clarkson back on the show. She's such a gift to me and my mom journey, and so I'm honored to have her back on. Um, And lots of other fun conversations coming up. Uh, I'm always thankful when you guys share on Instagram, when you leave reviews. We are almost to 2,000 reviews on the iTunes podcast app. If you help me get over 2,000, that would be fantastic. Y'all are the best all around the globe. Y'all listening in. Thank you so much for your love and support. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.